Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When I tell you we have a little something for everyone today, I could not be more accurate. We're kicking things off with the new queen of Christmas, Christina Moore. Okay, I thought you were going to finally give me the kudos that I deserve. For? Sugar and spice. But you know what? We do have Christina Moore on the show. Are we, we, I think we're playing Sugar and Spice in rotation now. I do Thank believe you your single is there. And on, do you love it? I, I listen to it every year. You know this. Thank you so much. You know this. But I will say, mm-hmm. against my own will, mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson mm. has the best Christmas song. Underneath the tree. I heard it yesterday. You've said it for years. I've said it for years. I disagreed. It's the best song since Mariah Carey, and it's like it is very, very close. No, I think it's almost. I know. Better. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm what afraid, kind of gay person am I? I'm afraid to say it's better, but it kind of might be. Mouth it. I call them 1A and 1B. It's but I don't so even like delightful. Doing that. It is so good. And it comes, it hits you in the face. Right, right off, in the face. Right off the smacks gate. Smacks you in the mouth. It's my favorite Christmas song. And it's just joyful. It literally came on while I was driving yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it and I was like, oh my God, it's cr- I love this song. So I good. love Christmas. So good. The entire album, Wrapped in Red, is phenomenal. Oh, I didn't know there was an album. Oh, no, the whole album's really good. It's a Christmas album? Wrapped in Red is a beautiful song. It's a great album. She does a few covers, but a lot of originals. Wait, this is a Christmas album? Came out like seven or eight years ago. It's amazing. Never heard Wrapped in Red. It's so good. I'll play it for Slow you. Slow or fast song? Um, a little slower. Beautiful. It's beautiful. But the holidays are officially here, uh, and if you didn't know, you're going to know in just a minute, because Christina Moore is joining us to talk about two new films she has, one she's producing, one she's starring in, HBO Max and Netflix. One of them is already out. The other one comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, You might. She came to my wedding down in Mexico, and let me tell you, people were really freaking out because she played the mom in Disney Channel's Jesse, which was a series back in the day, and you get on one of those, and you're like internationally like famous. Yeah. She was like the most famous person. Everybody would stop her. It's wild. She's joining us here on the Morning Beat. Also, uh, major breaking news uh, on the FDA making a decision on uh, gay and bisexual men donating blood. Mm -hmm. And here to break it all down and to explain exactly what this means for us is Dr. Joseph Gastaldo from Ohio Health. He's an infectious disease expert. We love him here on the show. So great. Big, big day for Jennifer Hudson yesterday. You've got that and what's popping a little bit later on. But here here is the story that we've been waiting to cover. Go on. And we're we're getting this we're getting this from the source. Okay, there was a global study done recently uh, on the four day work week and whether <gasps> or not don't say it it would be a good thing for both employees and don't say it. corporations. The results are in, and we have the woman who led the study calling into the show to talk about those results. Do you think we could have that woman join our work Zoom later today to also talk offer to our her thoughts? Boss. When we talk to our boss today. I know. A 40 work week is where it's at. I I'm always going to say that. all day, every day. All day, every day. When we have 40 day. work weeks, I get so much personal stuff done and you're, on the weekend and I, listen, while enjoying I have, it. When I have a four-day work week, if I know that we're going to have a Friday off, I just I have a little more pep in my step Monday through Thursday. Immediately. I just do. Our boss says it's never going to happen, but also... If everybody, because he thinks he thinks in the traditional terms, like what? Why would radio need to be on on Friday, for instance, if nobody's at work on Friday, right, or, or whatever? But if nobody's at work on Friday, why would we be on? But what if we just, you know what? I'm gonna save it. I'm just gonna save, save it. it. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, we've got uh, every base covered literally today. Brilliant. 
all of them. Amazing. Um, right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat. What do you have for us? Okay, New York State Assembly Member Jessica Gonzalez Rojas announced Thursday, World AIDS Day, that she will introduce a bill to decriminalize the sexual activity of people living with sexually transmitted infections. The bill would repeal New York State Public Health Law 2307, a 76-year-old law that makes it a misdemeanor for any person with a known STI to have sexual intercourse with another. The bill would also expunge any prior convictions. Currently, the statute has no exceptions for cases when a person with a known STI discloses their status, is undetectable, or uses protection. By repealing Public Health Law 2307, New York would join 12 other states that have either repealed or amended HIV criminalization laws. Good, because guess what? Unless you're like in a rape situation, we're all adults, we make the decision. And you know the risk. If, if you're going to have sex with somebody and they might potentially have something, like how can you criminalize that? Like what? Chlamydia? Syphilis? HIV? Like any of them. It's just like, I think we got to destigmatize this idea that like people are going out with like all these diseases and trying to like infect people. No, people are just having sex because they're adults. Yeah. And like to send people to jail or, to, or call it a misdemeanor even, like it's just, I don't know, it seems weird to me. Yeah, I did have a friend, though, that had sex with somebody who had um, an STI. They knew they had the STI, and they didn't disclose that information. And my friend ended up, like, in a lot of pain dealing no, with the STI. Listen, I get that. And that was so shady. I get I do. It is shady. I get it. Is it criminal, though? I don't know. Like, when I decided to start having sex with my partner, and, and luckily, like, I would gotten through most of my 20s and 30s without anything. You know, I've had chlamydia before, and it, it's, it's not fun, right? But I, I did something unprotected, and it was my, my choice. And you had was, sex with someone? Absolutely. I've had a lot of sex in my life. But oh, he and I decided to get full STI and HIV test before we even did anything together. And we showed each yeah, other. Yeah, I we, think that's we, so responsible. We like passed off the papers to each other and said, "Okay, here we go." Yeah. So I, there, there are ways to be responsible about it. It doesn't sound a lot of like a lot of fun always. But, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get into weather. 45 in Philadelphia, 71 in Austin, 55 in Denver, 62 in Vegas, 52 in San Francisco, 69 in Palm Springs. Now give us a five of the day. Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Amen, baby. Mm. TikTok is at it again. TikTok is a powerhouse social media TikTok platform. TikTok is a wild place, all darling. These, all these trends that start on TikTok and then go viral and then they become part of like mainstream culture, right? Yeah. It happened again. This time, uh, Pepsi picked up a trend that was on TikTok and, and Ugh, brought in... Disgusting. Listen, brought in an icon... By the name of Miss Lindsay Lohan. Take a listen. Nice. Ooh, naughty. Pepsi and milk. Pilk. Mmm, that is one dirty soda. Okay, so she pours a glass okay, of Pepsi. Okay, Lindsay, but, calm down. You just had right? a comeback, and we don't Relax. need to open up with Pepsi and milk ads. Discuss. Pilk. So she pours Puke. Pepsi, and then she tops it with milk. Okay, so my gut reaction was this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Correct? Uh, obviously, felt, okay, babe. got it. Have you Not ever, a monster. Have you ever had, like, a root beer float? Yeah. Okay. Not that different from a Coke float, right? Mm-hmm. Also another version of I it. Did you see where you're going with this? Which is frozen milk mm-hmm. with... Pepsi or Coke. Points are being made. So all of a sudden, I'm think I'm reconsidering a couple of things because I was like, "That's so gross." And then I started to think about it. I had root beer floats and Coke floats all the time growing up, all the time. My grandmother on Christmas Eve would make these things called Coke soakers, which was like I think had like ice cream and Coca Cola and like rum or something in it. And my aunts and uncles would all drink them. Yeah. So now I'm stuck because I think this pilk thing is disgusting, but also okay. I'm kind of intrigued. A point has been made. Okay, see? AJ won the Kayla Nunn. But. She's on to something. TikTok. Genius. Okay, but. What? But. I had root beer floats, but the ice cream was cold. Yeah. You could eat it. Well, the milk's not drinking. hot. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I it don't is. know. I feel like we should bring it on air next week. We should try it. Yeah, let's try should it together try on air. Should we try Pilks? We'll do a Pepsi. We'll pour in a little milk and we'll try it live on air for the listeners. Here's my disgust. Here's my issue. I sorry, I don't really like Pepsi. I'm a Coke drinker. Yeah, same. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, better. Same. Pepsi to me feels a little like a little trashy. 
but I'll try it. I'll do it. I want to say that my family were Coke drinkers, and then my uncle got a really big job at Pepsi, <gasps> and it was like drama okay, in my family. Here's the thing. Okay, it so was like the holidays were rough. <laughs> I grew up drinking Pepsi, <laughs> and everybody where I came from drank Pepsi. But then I was introduced to Coke, and I was like, Coke feels like classier. I know you feel like a, you're classy. Pepsi feels like okay, I'm total Trashy. trash, and it's fine. Whatever it is, what it is. And Coke has a slightly different flavor to it too. Yeah, no, Coke is delicious. But we'll try it with Pepsi. We're trying Pilk next week. Lindsay, yeah. Lo- Lindsay Lohan though, having a moment. Is this her? Is it's her comeback? This is her comeback. She Pilk. looks great too. Yeah, she does look great. Yeah, happy for. Her. All right, we've got an update on a story that we uh, brought to you yesterday that broke literally the night before. Uh, talking about these co-anchors over at Good Morning America. What's the update? What's popping? Okay, well, TJ Holmes and Amy Robach won't face a Good Morning America discipline. They say their relationship started in August. So the news broke that these two were sleeping together after a video showed them leaving a cabin. There was a lot of butt groping. Um, so people were saying they were married to now they're not married and they're dating each other. When did this start? Was this a huge long affair? But honestly, I feel like you can't punish them. Like, it's Good Morning America. They didn't do it. They've still been giving the news perfectly. Like, right. they just happen to be sleeping together now. Right. The chemistry's better. They actually did Good Morning America a favor. Listen, this is wild. This does feel like every single person I've talked to about this, especially including everyone in this room, said, this is the morning show. This is literally yeah. the morning show. Uh-huh. Um, but it's different because the morning show was sort of uh, telling like a, 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 a slightly different version of what happened with Matt Lauer at the Today Show. And he was like rapey. That's very different. He was like problematic. These are two consenting adults who... Yeah, did they leave their partners? Were they were they you know hooking up before they left their partners? We don't know the exact timeline, but I will say this: they are beautiful together. They're beautiful together. <laughs> I don't know the story, but I I wish them well. Like I hope that they have a really yeah. great relationship. Like people move like on that's... from relationships; it happens. And you know, look, it's not totally out of control. They spend every day together. Yes. They spent so much time during the pandemic. They're waking up at ungodly hours. Listen, There's a certain respect there. Yep. You and I talk about this all the time, how the pandemic was the best thing for our friendship because it brought us through like through something together that was so traumatic. Yeah. And it made us like lifelong besties. Like it'll never change because yeah. of the pandemic. Right. And we got... Not only did we make it through, we got the job done out of yes, the pandemic, yes. kept it afloat. And so we're the only people in the world who understand that completely. So exactly. there's a connection there, right? Now, I get it. You've wanted to sleep with me for years, but that's not reciprocal. You know, it's like, so it's, annoying. But if both of us were into it, like these two apparently are. If we are, weren't gay... If we weren't gay, we'd, we'd probably be married. married. We'd have so many kids by now, and they'd be they'd be anywhere between five foot two inches tall and six I foot eight. I could not get pregnant with your child. The child would come would out walk six feet tall out of me. It would be as tall as me coming out of the womb. So you <laughs> I'd be do, like, get so out of you there. do want to have my babies? Did you hear this? Did you hear that, Vanessa? That is literally not how what tall, I said. Okay, how tall would our kids be? So if we had tall. a girl, okay, I'm six five, you're five two. I think our girls would be like five, five eight. eight. See. And I think our sons would be like 6'2". But your grandma was like 5'2", and your grandpa was 6'5". My grandma was... Yeah, my grandma was tiny. And your grandpa was tall guy. He was 6'7". Like, he was huge. Could you imagine? No, it was a lot. That's why they slept in separate beds. Yeah, he'd roll he over on her. destroy her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, look at us. Having children. What? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All right, coming up this hour, big, big news uh, when it comes to gay and bisexual men donating blood. Okay. Uh, and here to break down the latest from the FDA is uh, Dr. Joseph Gastaldo. He's actually from my home state. He's been on the show many times. Mm-hmm. He's an infectious disease expert from Ohio Health. Uh, and he's going to be talking to us about how uh, this could be a huge game changer. Uh, also, Herschel Walker, problematic for so many reasons. How is this guy still hanging around? I literally have no faith in humanity. I just none, I don't. None, none, none. Also, he's Herschel not e- Walker is the example of I have no faith in humanity. Well, he's also said multiple times in speeches that he resides in Texas. He's not even from Georgia oh or doesn't gosh. live there. He pays taxes in Texas. And he has a home in Texas. So, like, could you imagine? What? Like the audacity. Oh yeah, I'm running for. But the Republican Party handpicked him and said because the, Raphael Warnock is so popular, they're like, well, we need a black man. That's it. God. It's literally that simple. And he was one of the most high-profile black Republicans. They should have chosen Billy Porter. Billy Porter. If you're looking for a black man, well, he would also be a scale. Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take and um, Jennifer Hudson got some really big news yesterday. I have such mixed emotions about Jennifer Hudson. I know I, I everybody love does. her, and I'm also bored by her. But I also love her. I don't know how to wrap my brain around it. She's an egot, which is like hard for me to be like, oh, you're on the same level as Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, maybe. But- I think it's. I feel the same way, and we both come from American Idol, so I always try to like give her respect. Sure. But she also, like, had a very sad story a few years ago when she lost her brother and yeah. her mother. Listen, I, it was a lot. Every, there's every reason in the entire world to love her. And for some reason, I just can't, like, fully, like, connect. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I feel like she's too much sometimes. Yeah. And you're not. Yeah. That's all I'll say. But I know. Huge news yesterday. And you have that for us and what's popping at the end of the hour. Always do. Love it. Uh, do you want to get into some news on the beat? No, I don't. Well, you have to anyways. It's your job. Okay. A recent court ruling in Japan has delivered mixed results on the issue of marriage equality. A Tokyo district court upheld the country's ban on marriage equality, but also ruled the lack of legal protections for same-sex partners and their families infringed on their human rights. Japan is currently the only state among the G7 nations that does not recognize marriage equality. The Japanese constitution defines marriage as between a man and a woman and does not recognize marriage equality. Same-sex couples also face difficulties with inheritance, child custody, and hospital visitation rights as well. Currently, municipalities representing 60% of the country provide partnership certificates for same-sex couples, but these do not provide the same rights and protections as married opposite-sex couples. Okay, interesting. Not that hard people get with it. Yeah. Like, Easy. Like, it's really not. We, yes. All right. In other news, Dolan, uh, with his election on Wednesday to take over as House Democratic Minority Leader next year, Representative Hakeem Jeffries became the first ever black lawmaker from either party who will serve in that role in either of the two chambers of Congress. House Democrats also chose for the second and third highest ranking positions Representatives Catherine Clark and Pete Aguilar. All ran unopposed and rather than by formal ballots were elected by voice vote for unanimous consent. The moves signaled broad consensus among House Democrats in their decision to send the new sales slate of lawmakers, young and diverse, with some progressive bona fides to serve in the party's senior leadership positions. It's about time. About time, baby. All right, let's get into weather. 51 in D.C., 49 in Chicago, 79 in Orlando, 39 in Seattle, 59 in L.A., and 69 in Cathedral City. And give us a bug with a dirt. Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Amen, baby. Yeah, find something to be grateful for today and just say thank you. Yeah, gratitude is where it's attitude. Uh, okay, oh my God. coming up. Yeah, it's you. It's you. <laughs> 
Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of What the Health. Now, as as queer people, as members of our community, um, we deal with a litany of sort of discriminatory things on a daily basis, right? And specifically as gay and bisexual men, uh, donating blood has always been a, a weird thing because we're told that we can't which makes you kind of feel like, oh, is, your, is, our, is our blood bad? Is it not worthy? Are we dirty? Mm-hmm. Like it brings up all sorts of strange emotions. Yeah. In crisis, we want to help, but we're not allowed to. Well, that could be changing according to the FDA. And here to tell us about those changes is Dr. Joseph Gastaldo from Ohio Health. He's an infectious disease expert from my home state and home city of Columbus, Ohio. Dr. Joseph, how are you? Hey, AJ, great to be here with you. Thank you for having me. And you hit it on the head. The current status for men who have sex with men and donating blood is clearly discriminatory. Yeah. And yeah. is a throwback, uh, really, from the 1980s uh, and the whole HIV epidemic. And as you and I know, and that hopefully the whole world knows, things are very different today where we have people living quite healthy with HIV. Yeah, I mean, it's so crazy to me um, that that would be the thing that they focused on when you're in a crisis and you need blood. Shouldn't that be the most important thing? And to really target gay men for so many years, whether they were positive or not, just seems completely unthinkable and really damaging to gay men's self-worth. Yeah, so this is the current state now, and things have changed a little bit, but it's still discriminatory. You know, I'm looking at the Red Cross's website right now, and this is uh, really following the guidance of the FDA right now. If you are a man who has sex with men and you have been sexually active with anybody within the last three months, uh, you should not and not allowed to donate blood. And again, when you donate blood, it's, it's all based on the honor system when you get those questions. But again, that question is discriminatory. And um, what if you have a same-sex couple who are in a monogamous relationship, or for that matter, anybody who has many sexual partners? If you are a, a man and you have many female sexual partners or a female who has many sexual partners, you get a green pass to donate blood. But if you answer the question, you are a man who has sex with men and you've had sex with anybody in the last three months, you're prohibited or discriminated from donating blood. Okay, so can you talk us through the process? Because I've, I've, I've struggled with this for many years. So when anyone donates blood, I would assume before that blood is, is, is given to anybody else in need that it's tested. Is that correct? That is correct. When someone donates blood, they screen the blood for HIV. They screen it for hepatitis and other pathogens. Uh, Now, with any type of blood testing, there is a window period. Theoretically, if you go, let's let's say you are a straight man and you had sex with a woman last night and you contracted HIV with her. If you go to donate blood today, that HIV screening test could be negative. In fact, it would be negative. But we, we have years worth of data. The, the blood supply screening mechanism is very, very safe. And what, what I think is going to happen in the United States is instead of saying if you're a man who has sex with men and uh, you've had uh, any kind of intimacy with three months, you can't donate blood, they just need to ask questions. It is discriminatory just to call out men who have sex with men. They need to ask anybody, mm. do you have multiple sexual partners within the last three months? And if that applies to a man, a woman, a non-binary person. That is the screening mechanism that is happening now in Canada and in other parts of Western Europe. I think it's so fantastic. Yeah. You know, uh, we're seeing that the FDA, uh, apparently there's reports that they're in the works uh, to allow gay and bisexual men in monogamous relationships to donate blood without abstaining from sex. I'm married. I have sex with one person. Uh, I had sex with one person for 10 years, and I and that's, that's the plan as far as I know <laughs> moving forward. So does that mean that sometime in the near future I might be able to donate blood? Absolutely. That, that's Again, we don't know what this is going to look like until we see the actual proposition from the FDA, but tentatively that is the plan. But again, when you go to donate blood and answer these questions, it's based on the honor system. I live my life as an openly gay man. Uh, I'm also in a monogamous relationship, and you know that that's, that's not true of all, of all couples, or for that matter, um, heterosexual couples. There may be a straight man or a straight mm-hmm. woman who has multiple sexual partners who gets a free pass and doesn't have to answer those uh, discriminatory questions who is allowed legally to donate blood. 
<sighs> yeah, well, listen, I hope that we're making one step forward because it is crazy to me. I, I'm not a gay man, so I kind of wanted you guys to lead this conversation as I'm just learning as well. But I do know that my best friend has been monogamous for 10 years, and the fact that he couldn't have the opportunity to save someone's life is devastating. So I'm so grateful that we got to have this conversation Absolutely. With you. you know, and, and as, a, as a doctor, I could tell you this. If you're, if you're dying to death and you need blood, you don't care what the, uh, no. the sexual orientation is of the, of the person who gave you blood. You just need the blood. That and part. there is a national shortage of blood. Uh, I have many uh, gay friends who, including myself, who would love to donate blood. But Same. the current process is very discriminatory. Yeah, you don't want to go through the trauma of it all. I yeah. hear you. Uh, Dr. Joseph Gastaldo from Ohio Health, thank you so much for making time. We know you're very, very busy. We appreciate you. Thank you. But thanks for having me. All right, so we thought we were done at the midterms, and then Georgia happened okay, once again. And we are still days away from finding out who will be the next senator from Georgia. Will it be Raphael Warnock, the mm-hmm. reverend uh, who is running for re-election after his shortened term? Or will it be Herschel Walker, the former running back? turned Republican mm. from Texas who doesn't hey. even live in Georgia. How does that even happen, though? I don't know. He's admitted it multiple times during speeches. His taxes show that he lives in, in Texas and he's running for senator senator in Georgia. But uh, as close as the polls are, I think Raphael Warnock leads 52 to 48 amongst the likely voters right now. It shouldn't be that close because this guy, Herschel Walker, is a disaster of a human being. He's allegedly paid for, you know, multiple abortions, although he says he's anti-abortion because he needs to say that to get Republican votes. Uh, Something like 98 percent of black voters in Georgia are all supporting Raphael Warnock. And if you're a black man and you're getting 2 percent of your vote from other black people, that should tell you something. Right. But he's not focused on any of those things. He's not focused on Raphael Warnock. He's not focused on the people of Georgia. He's focused on a swimmer from the University of Kentucky by the name of Riley Gaines. Take a listen. I'm Riley Gaines, a 12-time NCAA All-American. And I'm Herschel Walker. For more than a decade, I worked so hard, 4 a.m. practices to be the best. But my senior year, I was forced to compete against a biological male. That's unfair and wrong. A man won the swimming title that belonged to a woman, and Senator Warnock voted to let it happen. Warnock's afraid to stand up for female athletes. Herschel Walker stands up for what's right. I'm Herschel Walker, and I'm proud to prove. Okay, so she's talking about Leah Thomas uh, from the University of Pennsylvania, who we've talked about on the show, who's a trans swimmer, right? What she forgets to mention, though, because this is where Raphael, or this is where Herschel Walker is focusing these last days of the campaign. He wants to get people fired up in Georgia because he wants everybody to feel like trans athletes are taking over women's sports, right? There is a separate discussion to be had there, and we, we've agreed on that, right? Yeah. Right? There, that needs to be, like, further evaluated, and I'm okay, I'm okay with that. What she forgets to mention, though, is that – and she she's very misleading in this ad. She says it was won by – she wasn't, actually. She tied for fifth with Leah Thomas. She's tied for fifth, okay? Four other cisgendered women beat her. So she didn't even come close to winning. Not even close. <laughs> But she wants us to think oh that it was this it was this trans woman who no, a trans woman lost to four other cis women. So it's not like she has this huge advantage. She's still losing. She got fifth place. We're upset. We're we're literally letting the guy run for Senate in Georgia who lives in Texas, bring on a swimmer from Kentucky to say, I lost to a, a trans woman who also got fifth who place. Who also lost. She also lost. It's just absurd to me. I mean, I lost listen, I Gave up on Herschel Walker when literally he was not about abortion, and then receipts came out that he literally paid for an abortion. Well, a couple I mean, that, and now that, two we know of. Yeah, but if mm. that doesn't say everything that you need to know, his own son came out against him. His own gay son. Well, and his, uh, his gay son is his gay son is also very very Republican. Yeah, hardcore conservative. Yeah, and still said, "My dad's a liar. He's a trash human." Like, he literally lies through his teeth. He's been abusive to my mom and I my entire life. Like, he's a horrible person. Yeah. Don't vote for him. But the fact that people are still voting for him says, I'm more worried about the the voters than I am about Herschel Walker. I am, too. You know who's voting? Like, what's going on with you, babe? You know the demographic that's voting for him? White people. White people. Mm-hmm. And it tends to be a lot of white women, too, but white men overwhelmingly support Herschel yeah, Walker. Yeah, I see white men supporting him, white cis men. Yeah, and 83, 83% of white voters, non-college educated white voters in the state of Georgia are voting for him. 
Yeah. It's the same story we see over and over. And I'm not trying to say like one party's smarter than the other, but there is a very, very clear divide in our country uh, based on education. And those with college educations overwhelmingly well, vote Democrat. I think it's also two things that we just talked about. People don't want to do their research or their homework. Nope. They want things to be so easy. So they hear he's running for Georgia. They vote for him without questioning it. They hear that a trans that she lost to a trans woman. Yep. They don't bother to look more into the story. No. I mean, it's very simple. It just takes a little bit of extra time it, it to, I don't know, minutes. Google. I know. And that's the wild thing. And and it's, <sighs> it's also just really fascinating to me that the race is even this close. Right. That this man who is a reverend, a church man in Georgia is still potentially losing, could potentially lose to Herschel Walker from yeah. Texas. It's devastating. Mm. That's all I have to say. Bye. Yeah. Go vote if you're in Georgia. Good. It's time for another round of what's popping. Do you have something for us, Vanessa? No, that's not what it is yet. No, not yet. We're sticking to the American Idol family, but I want to talk about Jennifer Hudson. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought I thought we could talk about my favorite American Idol. We will at the end. Carrie Underwood. <laughs> you bitch. My bad, Kelly Clarkson. Stop it right now. Michaela Gordon. You're gaslighting me. Got it. Mm-hmm. Number okay. one word of 2022, by the way, <laughs> gaslighting. Okay, Jennifer Hudson is basking in the glory of being named one of people's people of the year. One of people's people of the year. Imagine saying that 48 times. It's a lot of people. Do we have audio? Take a listen. People Magazine has put me on the cover as one of the four people of the year. What a way, what a way to end the year. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I am one of the four covers. The amazing Mia Kunis, Matthew McConaughey, and Quinta Brunson are all on the covers. Congratulations to everyone who was featured in this issue. I love this for her. She's had quite the year. She got her own talk show. It's been doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that she's winning. I feel like she had a really interesting uh, couple of years losing her mother and her brother. It was really sad. She's an EGOT winner. Um, she's basically Whoopi Goldberg. She's not. Okay, I love her. I love her, I love her, I love her. I watched the show, but like the show... She, here's the thing about Jennifer Hudson. I can never connect with her. Yeah. There's something about her, there's a disconnect. She tries to act brand new all the time. I'm like, I'm like, bitch, please. You've won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. You're not like the rest of us. And that's okay. So be you. But she always acts like, she'll do these things on her show where she'll be like doing like a TikTok challenge. She's like, oh, what's cuffing season? I've never heard of that. I'm like, yes, you know what cuffing season is. Like, you know what these things are. You think she's trying to be too relatable. She plays dumb to try to seem so relatable that it makes her not relatable. Interesting. Yeah, I'm like, just be you. Like, Interesting. You're better than most of us. You're more yeah, talented. Yeah, so just admit than, it. You're yeah. better than us. You're more talented than literally all of us, and that's okay. Own it. Own it makes it. me uncomfortable that she tries to be so relatable. I hear that. And so you I, know who's so good, though? Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Amazing. Amazing. She's like the American Idol winner. She's a star, but she's so relatable. Yes. And she's so bad, and she's okay with it, but she's also likable. Mm. You know yeah. who else is really relatable? Michaela Gordon. And I have a Christmas single (sighs) I have harassed all of you with for the past four years. And this this year is no different. Take a listen to your very own American Idol. Sugar and Spice. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Channel Q. If y'all could hear what goes on during our commercial breaks, we were just jamming out to some of our favorite Christmas pop music. I told our program director said, please send me some new songs that I can get into the rotation. And honey, I've got 25 on my list already. Amen, baby. I love pop Christmas. The last few years I've totally, totally changed. Not going to say anything. I was going to cover my mouth and cough real quick. I thought you might just fill in for me as my co-host and just not going to say a word. Just sit there and stare at me. You just sat there with your arms crossed and stared at me while I tried to clear my throat. Thank you. Thank you for covering for me, Michaela. I really appreciate Nice to know that somebody has my back at all times. I literally didn't say anything. You stared at me. I didn't know what you were doing. Okay, so full transparency. 
each of us have in front of us a series of buttons. Like there's a dump button. If you say a bad word, we can hit that and it'll erase it. There's also a cough button. And every now and then, instead of doing this on the air, Mm -hmm. I'll hit the cough button and hopefully my co-hosts, my equal... Took me off guard. Like, we'll fill in you were mid sentence and then you like coughed, and I was like, just staring at me with their arms crossed, <laughs> like I'm some sort of alien. <laughs> like, we don't get paid to talk for a oh living. Oh my god, I'm sorry, it's Friday. I'm still thinking about my song playing on air. I just, there was so many, I don't know, there's a lot of thoughts in my head this morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. there usually are. Sorry. There's usually, here's the thing about Michaela there's either a lot of thoughts <laughs> or not a one. Yeah. Could go either way, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today's a busy day for you. Today's a busy day for you me. I'm just thinking how iconic it is that I took a job <clears throat> in radio simply to play my own music. Just so once a year, for one month out of the year, you yeah. can play this song. Mm-hmm. Sugar and Spice. Yeah. It's she- not even really in rotation. I think Vanessa just plays it to make me happy, but I, uh, no, I'll our, take it. Our boss told us it's in rotation. Yeah. He okay. said it is. Mm-hmm. You don't <laughs> you sound like you don't I'm believe him. him. <laughs> I will trust if the people of Atlanta come forward and say that they like sugar and spice. We play in Atlanta, our morning show. Yeah, we do. And if the peaches come out and say, they too are fans of sugar and spice, Not I will peaches. believe it's real. Not you making, listen, we already talked about Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker in Georgia, and now you're making Stressful. a plea to the people of Georgia, not just to vote for Senator, <laughs> but to vote for your single sugar and spice that came out four years ago. That's so on brand. Uh, so yeah, priorities. Anyone listening in uh, Atlanta on Star ninety four point one FM HD three, uh, you know, you know, you know the task at hand. Cancel Herschel Walker. Upload Sugar and Spice. That's right. Mm. Do you like when people stream it on Spotify or buy it? Um, buy it. Duh, I need the money. Is <laughs> <laughs> it ninety nine cents or something? Probably. <laughs> if a hundred people bought it, that's a hundred dollars. Well, not that you get. You probably get a few dollars. I get $50. <laughs> I get $7. I don't know if I've actually ever made any <laughs> Now that you think about it, it's a losing battle. Pitiful. What is your, what is your, like, when you were growing up, what was the song that made you get super excited about the holidays? Was there a song? I think it was All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah, because you're a little bit younger than me, so you grew up with that like the entirety of your life. But I also was in the position of the holiday classics bu- sung by the classics. Eartha Kitt, Santa Baby. Yeah. There's something, for me, there's something always magical about Silent Night. Oh, God, No yeah. matter what. Oh, yeah. But oh, I Holy say, Night. Yeah, but I, Little Town of Bethlehem, all that mm. stuff. I grew up in Catholic school singing. But the song, by the way, I used to audition for musicals with A Little Town of Bethlehem like year-round. Because I used to sing it so well as a kid. It'd be like the spring musical in junior high. And I auditioned with A Little Town of Bethlehem. Wait, can I tell you something? What? What? <laughs> this is so random and stupid. I can't believe I haven't told you this The way before. that your brain is triggered by things that I say is so wild. Like these memories okay. just come out of nowhere. But listen, I went to Bethlehem a few weeks ago. You sure did. And I went to the Nativity Church where uh-huh. Jesus was born. Right, right. And it was a group of lesbians, like 40 of us. That tracks. And our guide, for whatever reason, walked us through the church. We did the tour. And at the end, mind you, this is still in October. He goes, no. (laughs) He goes, and now I would like for us to close this out with a silent night. What? And we were like. 40 lesbians saying silent night in Bethlehem? singing it what but we were like what is happening and then he proceeds to go and once more joy to the world what and we said joy to the world no and that is how he closed out the nativity i would pay money to see that does somebody have a camera rolling i want to see that i filmed it i actually have it in my phone lesbians and that reminded me him why would we sing silent night that's an odd choice collectively i don't get it but it's hysterical silent night gets me it's my emotional sad it's like sappy song yeah reminds me like my childhood Mm. and then carol of the bells though was my number one favorite what is that and i think it reminds me of home alone when kevin McAllister's getting ready to fight the bad guys the wet bandits that's the music that's playing when he runs home from church. He's yes. like, well, next time they come back, I'll be ready. And it's just iconic. Yes. So that's that's mine, I guess. Vanessa, what was the first like Christmas song? Because you moved here when you were how old? 
Ten. Ten. Okay. Uh, Is there a Christmas song that jumped out at you as a child or that you love no, now? No, mine are in Spanish. Ven, ven, ven. Ven, Yeah, mine are in Spanish. I can't relate to you. That's a terrible song. Well, we oh, all know Feliz Navidad. That's a terrible song. That, that's a terrible one. Oh. No, we love that. It's the only one we know. Just kidding. You no. clap with your song? Yeah, we clap. We do the... What? Remember the final? The remember the closing scene from Christmas with the Cranks, starring Tim uh, Tim Allen of cor- and of and, course. and uh, Jamie Lee and Curtis, Enrique? Enrique, and he brings his Argentinian song. Yeah, and they all like clap and sing it. It's oh. the worst song ever. Uh huh. I think now we have a taste of what it's like now to we uh, know. experience Thanks the holidays in South America. Mm-hmm. So never mind, Vanessa. We'll never ask you that question we have, again. Yeah, we already are cultured. What stop, are we talking about? Stop clapping. It's time for news on the beats. All right, New York State Assembly member Jessica Gonzalez Rojas announced Thursday, World AIDS Day, that she will introduce a bill to decriminalize the sexual activity of people living with sexually transmitted infections. The bill would repeal New York State Public Health Law. You can't laugh. You can't laugh when you tell this story. I'm so sorry. I can't stop thinking about our dumb stories we told. A 76 year old (sighs) law that makes it a misdemeanor for any person with a known STI to have sexual intercourse with another. The bill would also expunge any prior convictions. Currently, the statute has no exceptions for cases when a person with a known STI discloses their status. I hear where she's coming from. I really do. But in a personal story, I had a friend who, we talked about this earlier, she had sex with a guy who knew that he had herpes and didn't disclose that with her. And it ended up being really bad. I mean, I don't know if you should go to jail, but... Yeah. It Should it still be a misdemeanor? I don't know. I don't know. I have a hard time with that because I'm like, listen, we're all adults and... It's a slippery slope when you try to like figure out like what did you know and when did you know it and like like if you're gonna have sex with somebody it's part of, it's part of the game. To be fair though, I think that she was like I think we were like 21 when that happened. Like, are we really adults? Like, we're in our very early 20s. Well, don't have sex then. I mean, I, I hear that totally. I hear that, and I remember like I remember being in the 20s and like it was terrifying. And I remember my first HIV test. I was terrified, and my college professor was a gay man, and I went to him. And back then, you would get tested to be like a one to two week wait for your results like they're very very slow and I was a disaster and I went to him crying one day I was like I'm so nervous he's like well do you think you have HIV and I was like I had sex one time Mm -hmm. I lost my virginity and he's like okay do you have any symptoms I'm like he's like do you have like night sweats I'm like I did wake up the other night a little bit sweaty stressed out he was like okay anything else he's like any other symptoms I was like I think I I had a weird bowel movement once and he's like well and I was in my brain I was like I must have HIV one time. Yeah. That's the trauma, especially I being a gay that. man thinking. So, like, yeah, I hear it, but. Yeah, I think it's shady if you have an STI and you don't disclose it. Shady. And I do think you should be punished by a misdemeanor. I think shady, yes. Illegal, ugh, that's hard for me. All right, let's get into weather. 45 in Philadelphia, 61 in Atlanta, 55 in Denver, 62 in Vegas, 52 in San Francisco, and 69 in Palm Springs. Give us a vibe of the day. Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Start there. Say thank you. Absolutely. God, what the four-day work week a success? We are trying to convince our boss, and we're going to do it in seven minutes. All right, so old habits die hard. You know, it's difficult when you've been doing something one way for any period of time, especially if it's been generations, to rethink that habit and to potentially make a change, right? And one of the hardest things, uh, I think, to to sort of wrap your brain around is this idea that maybe we don't need a five-day work week. It sounds exciting, but as Americans in a capitalistic society, I think that we're so conditioned to believe that we have to work five days a week and have two days off, and that's that. End of discussion. I just can I do? Can you? Can we? Someone text our boss and make sure he's listening. Make sure right he's now? listening right now. All of our bosses. I don't know if he's in the middle of a Get meeting. Get them all on a text chain. Every Jeff, one of them. Jeff, Brian, if everyone can, just listen. Hear us That's right. out. Well, so there mm-hmm. was an actual study, a global study that looked into this. There was a pilot program, and here to talk about the success of that program is Juliet Score, who is a professor of sociology at Boston College and the trial's lead researcher, Juliet. Juliet, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you, Queen. I'm well. Uh, Great to be speaking with you. Well, let's talk about this because not that long ago, a four-day work week seemed like a pipe dream. But with the results of this study that you were a part of, this trial, uh, could that be a game changer? Could we start to consider that this could be a possibility in the near future? Absolutely. We have really great results from... The first two trials that we've 
done, um, which are with companies in Ireland, uh, U.S., and also a bigger global company. And the results have just been phenomenal. The companies are extremely happy with their performance, productivity, overall. Um, Employees love it. 97% said they prefer it. Um, And big increases in their well-being, in their physical and mental health self-reported, in uh, fatigue, in exercise length, uh, in sleep problems, in burnout and stress, all those things improved, and, and quite a few more. So it, it, it's kind of astounding to us how across-the-board positive and significant the results have been. Juliet, this is very serious what I'm about to ask you. How do we pitch this to our boss, one, without getting fired, and two, successfully getting a four-day work week? Great question. Um, you can you can go to our website, the Four Day Week Global, uh, and Four Day Week Global, and there is uh, I think there's a little portion on there about you know how to, how to how do you talk to your boss about it. But um, the I think the first thing to say is to start looking at the research. So read our reports. We have a short version, a long version. Read some of the the um, uh, individual company stories that you can find online. There's a lot of information online now about this. And um, also take a look at what's happening in your company. Are you losing people? Are healthcare costs high? Are there some things you can point to that um, seem pretty dysfunctional? So, for example, in uh, a lot of companies, the meeting culture is dysfunctional. Way too much time spent in meetings. Oh, my God. In the, uh, if that's you, take a look at some of the meeting research that's being done and show how companies are redoing, reorganizing their meeting cultures, much shorter meetings, fewer people at them, less frequent meetings. This is what makes it possible to go from five to four days without a loss in productivity. So that's a key that's a key part of this trial, which is that these companies reorganized work in ways that just got rid of all the stupid things they were doing well, do or think, at least do you, do you think the silver lining to the to the pandemic is that it's made us rethink a lot of this because we now we know we can work from home, we can work remotely, we mm-hmm. can get things done mm-hmm. like in an email as opposed to sitting through dumb pointless meetings. And I'll say like listen our work week is short. We work a few hours a day. Yeah, we're, we're lucky. We're, we're so blessed, right? <laughs> we're out of here by 10 a.m. every day. And we have one meeting every six months, and that's too much for us. So, like, I have a lot of friends who go to meetings all day, every day. Do you think the pandemic taught us that we can we can do the same amount of work but more efficiently, and that's why this is kind of catching on? Yes, duh. Uh, yes. So one of the things some of the CEOs have told us is we learned that we could try our workers when we went to remote mm. uh, with where they work. Now we've learned we can trust them with how much time they work. So pandemic absolutely has been a game changer for the four-day week. Uh, no question about it. Um, Juliet, <clears throat> I would like to officially thank you for joining us this morning, professor of sociology at Boston College and the trials lead researcher. And to thank you, I would like to offer you this. Oh, is that a round of applause? Oh, yeah. Okay. Great. Yes. The masses. The masses. The masses. <laughs> the people have spoken. Are all applauding you. I hope that you get everything on your Christmas or Hanukkah list. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank you so much. Bye bye. <laughs> All right, this is an interesting conversation. One person writes into an advice column. One of my coworkers uses they, them pronouns. I knew that from day one, noticing their pronouns in their email signature and next to their name on Zoom. I always made sure to use those pronouns. It was never a question for me, but I've noticed that our supervisors don't seem to care. My supervisors always use the wrong pronouns, don't even stop to correct themselves or seem to notice what's right there written on the screen in front of them. I feel powerless because I don't want to cause a situation that would make my coworker uncomfortable or lead them into a confrontation they didn't ask for. But using their correct pronouns and conversations and doing nothing else um, doesn't always feel like enough. 
I'm too scared to bring it up to uh, in private. I don't want to come across like I think I'm so much better than everyone else just for using the correct pronouns. I also don't want to fixate on something that I'm sure hurts them enough already. I don't know if there's more I should do to show that I respect their identity, even if others don't. What does this person do? God, That's nuanced. Rough. It's nuanced, right? Uh, they want to do more. They respect the pronouns, but none of their bosses do, which is, I think, really common, actually. Mm-hmm. Um we just happen to work in a place that's very, very supportive. Not a lot of people do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you go to the person? Do you go to the boss privately? Um, do you correct the boss publicly? Like, what is what is the move? You don't want to embarrass anybody. I think you go to the boss. Mm. And I think that you have respect for yourself because it's still your job. Yeah. And you don't want to lose your job. Sure. I think that with proper communication and honesty, you can really get your point across in any situation. Yeah. If the boss chooses not to hear it, that's on the boss. Mm -hmm. But the boss also can't fire them for asking them to use their pronouns. It's an HR issue. Yeah, then you can, yeah. So, And if they do anything to you, then, then just sue them. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I feel like they are protected in an HR sense. They just need to sit down and let the boss know that these are the pronouns, why it's important. Well, they're protected in some states, not everywhere, which is why the Equality Act was so important. So it kind of depends. Like if you're in Mississippi or you're in Alabama, you're not protected. Can you get fired for being gay? Uh, Well, no, but yes. I mean, there aren't the protections. People can fire you for whatever for whatever reason, and the reason might not actually be what yeah, they say. Yeah, I hear that. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky. Like, if, you're, if your company doesn't have integrity, they could blame X, Y, and Z, yeah. and it's really about something else, you know? And we all know what it's actually about. I think that it's interesting that I love this person wants to do more. I think you have to go to the boss. Yeah. You have to privately talk to the boss. And it's sort of like, I think we talked about it yesterday in Therapy Thursdays, the way to bring up boundaries is by starting a conversation by saying, listen, our relationship means a lot to me. You mean a lot to me. Exactly. I respect you. However, I need this. Well, and also, I feel like it's just a life rule that when you stand up for what's right, you not only instill confidence within yourself, feel better about yourself, but the universe provides whatever you need. Mm -hmm. Like, and and that sounds like maybe hippy dippy, but I I really believe when you're honest with your ethics and your morals Mm -hmm. that you have a better life. And if for some reason they did get fired, I really do believe that something better would come along. Yeah. Yeah. Because your energy is different. You feel like you did do something. Well, I also think that I think that it's okay to go to the person as well, to the employee privately and say, Hey, privately, not publicly, Hey, uh, I I noticed your pronouns on your email. I just want to make sure that I'm super, super respectful of you. But I have noticed that maybe not everybody is. How does that make you feel? Is there anything I can do to be more supportive of you? Ask the employee privately. Yeah. Because if the employee doesn't care, you don't want to go to bat for someone who doesn't care. So I have non-binary friends who are like, my pronouns are they, them. But sometimes they're he, they, them. Sometimes they're – and they change based on how they kind of feel. And – that might sound confusing to some people, and it is, but to them, to my one friend in particular, they're like, I don't really get offended. If you get it wrong, you change them, I don't care. Like, pronouns are like, what, whatever. But also, I appreciate that you're trying. That's cool, too, right? And some people will have that reaction. And if this person, if this person is putting it in their email, then they, there's the reason. There's a reason. And they would, I would assume, want their bosses and their coworkers to respect that. So I think going to them privately, because sometimes it, it's just nice to know. And they might say, listen, eh, I appreciate that, but you don't have to go to bat for me. You don't have to go talk to the boss. You know what I mean? I'm okay. But I think just even that action, letting that person, that non-binary person or whoever, know that they have an ally, it, it, it'll go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right, coming up, and it was a pumpin'. Uh, Kanye back in the news with his hate for Jewish people, apparently, and we're going to talk about why it's extremely problematic and why he does need to be canceled next. Welcome back to the show. It's time for a final round of what's poppin' for the morning. Michaela, what do you have for us? Um, well, basically, my boss came in and said that I could call Kanye a douche on air, so that's where I'd like to open this. Let's go for it. He is vile. I don't really have much to say. 
Um, he's so vile that Elon Musk has now suspended Kanye West from Twitter yeah. after posting a Nazi sign last night. Yeah, when you're getting, when you're, when Elon Musk thinks you're problematic. Yeah, okay. It's a new level. Yes. It's a big issue. Uh, it's a big problem. We have said many times why it's an issue is we watched how when Donald Trump spewed hate, it awoke these monsters in other people to be racist, to be ignorant, so to weird. feel entitled. And also, so with Kanye doing this, yes. it really does give people this entitlement to come for Jews again. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump's daughter is married to a Jewish man. Jared yeah. Kirshner, like, like It's just so wild to me, but... You actually have some audio of of Kanye West uh, speaking with Alex Jones, who just filed for bankruptcy, by the way, that broke mm-hmm. this morning, um, talking to him about his feelings so on, on Nazis. I see good things about Hitler also. When Jones says he didn't like Nazis, West interjected. I like Hitler. I like Hitler, he said. Yeah, he said um, the Jewish media has made us feel like the Nazis and Hitler have never offered anything of value to the world. During the interview, he said, I see good things about Hitler also. Listen, 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 listen. It's so absurd. And it's it's when when you try to focus on the thing that the thing is not about, right? If you if you understand history, obviously, Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party took control at a time in the ni- late 1930s. Where Germany was in transition, they were struggling. This nationalism sort of wave kind of took over the nation, and and they needed somebody to step forward and to improve the situation for the citizens of Germany, right? And that was his selling point, but that wasn't his goal. That yeah, wasn't but his listen, opera- that, that's not what he wanted. He wanted to annihilate Jewish people. Yeah, but it's disgusting. So like, to, this to is... say, oh, he did good in that moment is no. There's no way discredit to discredit the rest. It's so gross. There's nothing positive to say about Hitler. Mm-hmm. There's literally nothing to say. Uh, Kanye is on a anti-Semitism rant because of the conspiracy theories that he believes. He's mm-hmm. angry that Jewish people run everything in Hollywood, and he wants to make sure that reparations go to black people, and he wants all of these things. And honestly, the truth is, he's bipolar. He needs to be medicated. We don't need to give him a platform anymore. Nope. He's lost the privilege, mm-hmm. and it's just time to move on. So thank you. Uh, Elon Musk for making for that this happen one right, I guess. and getting it right. All right, coming up in our final hour, toxic friendships. Are you in one and what are the warning signs? We'll talk next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, here's a question. Uh, and this could go both ways. Are you the toxic friend in your friend group or are you being treated poorly by someone toxic in your friend group. Woof. And how do you know? How do you know? Okay. I think if, uh, do you think it's more likely that you would know if you were the toxic one or if you're being treated toxically? Honestly, it depends on the level of narcissism. (laughs) (laughs) And I listen, I say that with experience. Like, I'm not even trying to drag anybody. It really depends on where your mental health is. Um. Well, yeah. Okay, okay. How do you know? Okay. Well. Okay. Here's 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 an idea. The, the, this will give you an idea if if there's somebody in your life that's toxic or if you're being toxic. Okay. If you have a friend or you are the friend who only calls when they want something or they want you to feel bad about something, like if they only want to share their misery with you constantly and they want you to feel sad for them and upset for them as well, they might be toxic. And if you only call people to complain about your life, that's it and share bad news with them, you're the toxic one. That kind of tracks. Okay. That seems pretty obvious to me. Yeah, I don't feel like I experience that, and I don't feel like I give that off. Yeah. Okay. In friendships. Okay. What about, like, what What would jump out to you? Do you have, like, do you have, like, a, a thing in your life at age 34 now where you're like, okay, that's that's a red flag. You're not going to be in my life as a friend if this is how you are with me. If you do this, what would this be for you? Okay, I feel like in 34 years... Okay, what I'm saying I also would not want to do to somebody. So I feel like... Okay, something that I grew up with so I could see myself having this in my life that I've had to get rid of is that I used to share very vulnerable things and then the vulnerable things would be thrown back in my face oh, nope. as a joke or mm-hmm. in a fight. And I'm really 
really sensitive to that. It really makes me feel bad because that's the kind of household I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So I also try not to do that. And I also, um, yeah, like that's a big one. Okay, well, you're not alone there because one of the top nine uh, signs that you may be in a toxic friendship is that uh, your friend puts you down and makes fun of you in front of others. <laughs> And that's a, that's a that's an agreement that my husband and I have. We're like, okay, we can disagree. We can we can we can think that you know I I could think that you're wrong, and you could think that I'm wrong, but publicly we're going to support each other. Yeah. And then we're going to have a conversation later because there's no need to drag everybody into that. Yeah. Right. We don't need to embarrass each other in front well, of people. Well, it's just really embarrassing. And I think that you know people think that they're joking. Yeah. I used to I used to do that. I used to do it to my husband, and I still get caught up in this sometimes. I think I'm like making a joke and I'm being a funny guy. Then I hurt somebody. I've done it to you. I've hurt somebody's feelings. I'm like, oh God, sorry. I like when pre- people bring it to me because I'm like, I also think that I don't know if it's like a gay man thing, but like we are really quick with our tongues and we're really fast and witty, and as a defense mechanism a lot. So sometimes I'm so self-deprecating. I make fun of myself so often that I think it means I can make fun of those around me as well sometimes, right. like close people at least. And so that's something to be aware of. And so so sometimes people are actually toxic. Sometimes people are just maybe not aware. Right. And it's okay to like maybe bring that yeah. conversation up if, if the friendship matters to you. Absolutely. What about this? If you feel bad about yourself after you spend time with somebody. Oh. I, I know, you know those people. That's so, you know, I used to have a best friend who I still adore very much, mm. but I used to find myself, the jokes were too much. The jokes yeah. were too much. It felt like there was a little bit of truth there. Um, and I had to say, like, it doesn't feel good being around you anymore. Mm, that's hard. And thank God that it was, like, heard. Mm-hmm. But that's really tough. I genuinely, and a former colleague of ours, before Vanessa joined our show, used to make me feel so insane in my brain. I thought, like, am I a bad person? Am I really difficult to work with? Am I just a big jerk? Because I don't right. think I'm being those things. Right. I think I'm being very kind and very patient and, and and really, really trying to help make the situation work. But this person just made me feel, like, insane all the time. And that wasn't a good feeling. Like, I would leave work every day. And I'm like, I need to go to bed for two hours because I'm drained now. Totally. And And so it's okay to also walk away from that. And that took us a long time to sort of, you know, break free from that. Um, but we're much happier because of it. Absolutely. Um, and one last one. If someone likes to gossip about I others. I hate gossip. Oh, I, no, no, no. Don't do it. So just so we're clear, what I just did right there wasn't gossip. I was I was stating facts that Obviously. we all experienced together. Obviously. But I hear a friend said this to me one time years ago. He was actually an old pastor of mine, and he's a really great guy. And he said, I get really nervous when, when somebody will send me screenshots of a conversation with somebody else. Because if they're doing that and they're they're not like honoring the trust they have with that other person, they're also probably doing that to me. Right. And so if like if somebody walks into this room or into a situation where we're out in public and they start talking about somebody else, I'm like, oh, the first thing I think is not what they're saying about that other person is that they're going to go talk about me to somebody later down the road. Right. So don't trust those people. As yeah. Well. Don't be gossipy, guy. It just no. hurts everybody's feelings anyway. It honestly, it really does make you look so bad. That part. Tell me something good. I love this. I miss him on my screen week after week since Pose went off the air, but Billy Porter uh, has a special place in my heart. He's one of my favorite uh, interviews ever. He's always he's always ready to have a real conversation and also a little bit of fun. And he's come so far from his days on Broadway. He's now a household name, and he's also a permanent fixture of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You know, I just want to start by saying thank you. Uh, to the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. I have a lot of people here, been in my corner, but all the people who believed in me, and it took a long time. I'm just so blessed and so grateful to be here. James Baldwin said, it's an artist's job to disturb the peace. And as y'all know, I take my job very seriously. Come on. Come on. He said, I've heard a lot of things in my life. You're too black. You're too gay, too loud, too extra, too flamboyant. Homosexuality is an abomination. You are an abomination. You will never be blessed. Well, look how this has turned out. Looks very blessed to me. 
Yes, I, I think so too. Just an icon in the Trailblazer and could not be happier for Billy. Um, been on our show a couple times and always just brings it every day. We just appreciate what Billy does so much. So Absolutely. Kudos to you. Okay, this story is amazing. We are dog lovers through mm. and through. All day, We're every obsessed. day. My dog just got groomed this week. Amen. He's so cuddly. I love it. My dog's got new jammies. Yes. We represent the dog community. However, this story is so beautiful. Now I want a golden retriever. Uh, Artemis, a golden retriever in Folsom, Louisiana. That's a, that's a good name. He's a hero. Wait, you said Louisiana? Yeah. I was just there. Yeah. Huh. Well, did you meet Artemis? No, I did not. Then you did nothing. Uh, he helped bring his family back together after its two youngest members went missing on Monday. The Golden Retriever assisted a community-wide search and rescue crew in finding sisters Abigail and Cecilia Berg after they wandered into the woods. According to their mother, Mary, Artemis heard people coming and started barking, making it much easier to find them. He even growled at the police at first because he was protecting our babies, oh she said. Oh my gosh. It was a four-hour search. They're seven and four. That's young to be lost so for that long. So little. Four-hour search. They were 1.2 miles away, and Artemis made sure that he found them. Uh, Abigail was laying on top of Artemis, holding his collar, and just snuggled up with him. And Cece was laying with her head on Abigail's stomach, and they were just kind of dug in for the night. Thinking they were going to spend the night in the wild. Yeah. Oh, Is that incredible? Oh my God! I and the dog dogs. was so so excited when they when he, the, the dog realized Artemis realized. Look, I saved my family. This video, it's so cute. Happy guy. Oh He's my a happy gosh. happy guy. Dogs are amazing. Dogs they, are amazing. They just know stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how, but they just know. Sweet boy. My dog will know if I'm having a bad day, and he'll come and cuddle with me because yep. he knows I dogs need cuddles. Know. Ugh. I love it. Well, that's the perfect way to end this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself this week. Uh, Stay warm. Stay cozy. We'll see you Monday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 